Good evening. I hope you've had a wonderful day today. Welcome to BVJ's Bedtime Stories. My name is Big Voice Jay, and this is a show where we get you ready for a great night's sleep with some old familiar stories that you haven't heard in a while. Links to every story can be found in the show notes at our website, bedtimewithbvj.com. Tonight's podcast features a selection of poetry. And we begin with A Ballad of Ducks by Benjo Patterson. The railway rattled and roared and swung with jolting and bumping trucks. The sun, like a billiard red ball, hung in the western sky, and the tireless tongue of the wild-eyed man in the corner told this terrible tale of the days of old, and the party that ought to have kept the ducks. Well, it ain't all joy being on the land, with an overdraft that'll knock you flat, and the rabbits have pretty well took command. But the hardest thing for a man to stand is the feller who says, Well, I told you so. You should have done this way, don't you know? I could lay a bait for a man like that. The grasshoppers struck us in 91, and what they leave, well, it ain't deluxe. But a growling, fault-finding son of a gun who'd lent some money to stock our run, I said they'd eaten what grass we had. Says he, your management's very bad. You had a right to have kept some ducks. To have kept some ducks, and the place was white. Wherever you went, you had to tread on grasshoppers guzzling day and night, and then with a swoosh they rose in flight. If you didn't look out for yourself, they'd fly like bullets into your open eye and knock it out of the back of your head. There isn't a turkey or goose or swan or a duck that quacks or a hen that clucks can make a difference on a run when a grasshopper plague has once begun. If you finance us, I says, I'd buy 10,000 emus and have a try. The job, I says, is too big for ducks. You must fetch a duck when you come to stay. A great big duck, a Muscovy tough. Ready and fit, I says, for the fray. And if the grasshoppers come our way, you turn your duck into the lucerne patch. Then I'd be ready to make a match that the grasshoppers eat his feathers off. He came to visit us by and by, and it just so happened one day in spring, a kind of cloud came over the sky. A wall of grasshoppers nine miles high, and nine miles thick and nine hundred wide, flying in regiments side by side and eating up every living thing. All day long, like a shower of rain, you'd hear them smacking up against the wall, tap, tap, tap on the window pane, and they'd rise and jump at the house again, till their crippled carcasses piled outside. But what did it matter if thousands died? A million wouldn't be missed at all. We were drinking grasshoppers, so to speak, till we skimmed their carcasses off the spring, and they fell so thick in the station creek they choked the water holes all the week. There was scarcely room for a trout to rise, and they'd take only artificial flies. They got so sick of the real thing. An arctic snowstorm was beat to rags when the hoppers rose for their morning flight, with the flapping noise like a million flags, and the kitchen chimney was stuffed with bags. For they'd fall right into the fire and fry, till the cook sat down and began to cry and never a duck or fowl in sight. 
where he strolled across to the railroad track under a cover beneath some trucks. I sees a feather and hears a quack. I stoops and I pulls the tarpaulin back. Every duck in the place was there. No good for them was the open air. Mister, I says, there's your blanky ducks. Obviously, everybody's at home now and might notice a few pests lying around. Why, you don't want that in your house? Why, you want Cook's Pest Control. They are ready for you for all of your pest control needs. Enter BBJ in the promo code and it'll do absolutely nothing. For this is not a sponsored read. We will, however, continue with our poetry night with some travel monologues. With some travel. Our next poem is A Letter from Italy by Joseph Addison. While you, my lord, the rubble shades admire, and from Britannia's public post retire, nor longer her ungrateful sons to please, for their advantage sacrifice your ease. Me unto foreign realms my fate conveys, through nations fruitful of immortal lays, where the soft season and inviting clime conspire to trouble your repose with rhyme. For wheresoever I turn my ravished eyes, Gay gilded scenes and shining prospects rise. Poetic fields encompass me around, and still I seem to tread on classic ground. For here the muse so offer a harp has strung, that not a mountain rears its head unsung. Renowned in verse, each shady thicket grows, and every stream in heavenly numbers flows. How am I pleased to search the hills and woods, for rising springs and celebrated floods, to view the Nar, tumultuous in its course, and trace the smooth Ketumus to its source, to see the Mincio draw his watery stone through the long windings of a fruitful shore, and hoary Aluba's infected tide o'er the warm bed of smoking sulphur glide. Furred with a thousand raptures I survey, Eridanus through flowery meadows stray, the king of floods that rolling over the plains, the towering alps of half their moisture drains, and proudly swollen with the whole winter's snows, distributes wealth and plenty where he flows. Sometimes misguided by the tuneful throng, I look for streams immortalized in song, that lost in silence and oblivion lie, dumb are their fountains and their channels dry yet run forever by the muse's skill, and in the smooth description murmur still. Sometimes to gentle Tiber I retire, and the famed river's empty shores admire. That destitute of strength derives its course from thrifty urns and an unfruitful source. Yet sung so often in poetic lays, would scorn the Danube and the Nile surveys. So high the deathless muse exalts her theme, such was the Bowen, a poor and glorious stream, that in Hibernian vales obscuredly strayed, and unobserved in wild meanders played, till by your lines in Nassau's sword renowned, its rising billows through the world resound. Wherever the hero's acts can pierce, or where the fame of an immortal verse. Oh, could the muse my ravished breast inspire with warmth like yours, and raise an equal fire? Unnumbered beauties in my verse should shine, and Virgil's Italy should yield to mine. 
See how the golden groves around me smile, that shun the coast of Britain's stormy isle, or when transplanted and preserved with care, curse the cold clime and starve in northern air. Here kindly warmth their mounting juice ferments to nobler tastes and more exalted scents. Even the rough rocks will tend to myrtle bloom, and trodden weeds send out a rich perfume. Bear me, some god to Baia's gentle seats, or cover me in Umbria's green retreats, where western gates eternally reside, and all the seasons lavish all their pride. Blossoms and fruits and flowers together rise, and the whole year in gay confusion lies. Immortal glories in my mind revive, and in my soul a thousand passions strive. When Rome's exalted beauties I decry, magnificent in piles of ruin lie, and amphitheater's amazing height here fills my eye with terror and delight, that on its public shows unpeopled Rome, and held uncrowded nations in its womb. Here pillars rough with sculpture pierce the skies, and here the proud triumphal arches rise, where the old Romans' deathless acts displayed, their base degenerate progeny upbraid. Whole rivers here forsake the, whole rivers here forsake the fields below, and wandering at their height through airy channels flow. Still to new scenes my wandering muse retires, and the dumb show of breathing rocks admires, where the smooth chisel all its force has shown, and softened into flesh the ragged stone. In solemn silence, a majestic band, heroes and gods the Roman consuls stand. Stern tyrants, whom their cruelties renown, and emperors in Parian marble frown, while the bright dames to whom they humbly sued, still show the charms that their proud hearts subdued. Fain would I, Raphael's art rehearse, and show the immortal labors in my verse, where from the mingled strength of shade and light a new creation rises to my sight. Such figures from his pencil flow, so warm with life his blended colors glow. From theme to theme with secret pleasure tossed, amidst the soft variety I'm lost, here pleasing airs my ravished soul confound with circling notes and labyrinths of sound. Here domes and temples rise in distant views, and opening palaces invite my muse. How has the kind adorned the happy land and scattered blessings with a wasteful hand? But what avail her unexhausted stores, her blooming mountains and her sunny shores, with all the gifts that earth impart the smiles of nature and the charms of art. While proud oppression in her valleys reigns, and tyranny usurps her happy plains, the poor inhabitant beholds in vain their reddening orange and the swelling grain. Joyless he sees the growing oils and vines, and in the myrtle's fragrant shade repines, starves in the midst of nature's bounty cursed, and in the loaden vineyard dies the thirst. O liberty, thou goddess heavenly bright, profuse of bliss and pregnant with delight, eternal pleasures in thy presence reign, and smiling plenty leads thy wanton train. Eased of her load, subjection grows more light, and poverty looks cheerful in thy sight. Thou makest the gloomy face of nature gay, givest beauty to the sun and pleasure to the day. Thee, Britannia's isle adores, 
how she has oft exhausted all her stores, how oft in fields of death thy presence sought, nor thanks the mighty prize too dearly bought. On foreign mountains may the sun refine, a grape-soft juice and mellow it to wine, with citron groves adorn a distant soil, and the fat olives swell with floods of oil. We envy not the warmer clime that lies in ten degrees of more indulgent skies, nor at the coarseness of our heaven repine that o'er our heads the frozen pleiades shine. Tis liberty that crowns Britannia's isle and makes her barren rocks and her bleak mountains smile. Others with towering piles may please the sight and in their proud aspiring dooms delight. A nicer touch to the stretched canvas give or teach their animated rocks to live. Tis Britain's care to watch o'er Europe's fate and hold in balance each contending state, to threaten bold presumptuous kings with war, and answer her afflicted neighbors' prayer. The Dane and Swede, roused up by fierce alarms, bless the wise conduct of her pious arms. Soon as her fleets appear, their terrors cease, and all the northern world lies hushed in peace. Her thunder aimed at his aspiring head, and fain her godlike sons would disunite by foreign gold or by domestic spite but strives in vain to conquer or divide, whom Nassau's arms defend and counseled. Bird with a name, which I so oft have found, the distant climes and different tongues resound, I bridle in my struggling muse with pain, that longs to launch into a bolder strain. But I've already troubled you too long, nor dare attempt a more adventurous song. My humble verse demands a softer theme, a painted meadow or a purling stream, unfit for heroes whom immortal lays, and lines like Virgil's or like yours should praise. Guy really, 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 really loves flying. And I know we can't do a whole lot of that right now, but when you do, be sure to check out Expedia for some great deals on travel, destinations, car, flight, and hotel. Enter BBJ in the promo code and it will do absolutely nothing because this is not a sponsor. Use the promo code BBJ to get absolutely nothing because this is not a sponsored read. If, however, you would like to support the show, you can use the support link on every post at the website bedtimewithbvj.com. Our final poem, The Joy of Flying by Paul Buescher. When heavy on my tired mind, the world and worldly things do weigh, and some sweet solace I would find, into the sky I love to stray, and all alone to wander round, in lone seclusion from the ground. Ah, then what solitude is mine, from groveling mankind aloof! Their road is but a thin-drawn line, their busy house a scarce-seen roof. That little stain of red and brown, they boast about it is their town. How small their petty quarrels seem, poor crawling multitudes below, which like the ants in feverish stream from place to place move to and fro. Like ants they work, like ants they fight, assuming blindly they are right. Soon their existence I forget in joy that on these flashing wings I cleave the skies. Oh, let now know I why the skylark sings, untrammeled in the boundless air, 
for mine it is his bliss to share. Now do I mount a billowy cloud, now do I sail low o'er a hill, and with a seagull's skull endowed, circle and wheel and drop at will, above the villages asleep, above the valleys shadowed deep, above the water meadows green, whose streams which intermingled flow, like silver lattice work are seen, a gleam upon the plain below. Above the woods whose naked trees move newborn buds upon the breeze, and far away above the haze I see white mountain summits rise, whose snow a sunlight is ablaze, and shines against the distant skies. Such thoughts those towering ranges bring that I float on a wondering. So do I love to travel on through lonely skies myself alone? For then the feverish fret is gone, which on this earth I oft has known. Kind is the one who lets me fly in sweet seclusion through the sky. France, 1917 You know, it's good to get away sometimes, even if it's just to be by yourself, to hear nothing but silence and your own thoughts. That's wild. Everyone should do that every now and again. No promo code, just uh, just a thought. Be it on your rooftop or out in your backyard, go and be by yourself with your thoughts. You'll never know what you find. But I do find this. I want to thank you for all the reviews, and I want to thank you for downloading. Remember, you can send me stories to read. Email me, bigvoicej at gmail.com. And if you'd like to show your love for the show, buy me a coffee and wake me up. Just hit the support link on every post on every page at BedtimeWithBVJ.com. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs)